0: Around the
1: NFL Podcast.
2: That woman engaged herself to me. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I come to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. That's one of the great, great West stories. And not only because it's a great story. Tying back to West's past and a woman that was very dead set on starting the clock on what she perceived as what her life should be, which included getting married fairly quickly and then having kids and settling down, I believe in Cincinnati. Um, But the fact that West told the story so often uh, and mentioned it so often, it it tickled him to no end. Uh, So it kind of hit, it hit on two levels. So, uh, you know, another great reminder of Chris Wessling there.
3: I never knew that woman's real name. I just knew her by that tagline. (laughs) She engaged herself to me.
2: Uh, Today, any thoughts? I thought you I thought you said it. Well, (laughs) I don't know much about her. (laughs) No, nobody does. She was basically that woman for uh, many years in the lore of the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, Speaking of Wes, this is um a a bittersweet uh episode uh for us because Greg rolled out his top 101 NFL free agents of 2021 and if you have any knowledge and back history of the show um, and I'll speak personally on this I loved the top 101 because it's it's really the 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 beginnings of uh the scientist lab uh, something I pumped up to no end it was about the top 101 where Greg and Wes would come up with their own list, and then kind of work together to figure out a final one hundred and one. Uh, Mark and I even countered with our own like underground list uh, that people really seem to enjoy, um, <laughs> and maybe in some levels on some level was superior. But the one that was the the, the canon for NFL media was the Wes Greg edition, and we're going to get to that today. Um, in addition to some news in the NFL, including. Uh, a big decision by uh, one of the great defensive players of the last 25 years, uh, but uh, Greg, you did. Uh, I thought you really, uh, you know, well written and well thought out. The, the intro for the top 101. Uh, you you kind of reminisced about the exercise and uh, doing it with Wes all those years.
4: Yeah, this is one of you know many times of year, and yeah, you know, just things in the last three or four weeks. It's been tough. It's tricky. Like I don't know. You know. I I know you guys are dealing with the same thing. Like we're podcasting and like we're we're going through it as as friends and coworkers together. And I don't know. There's no right answer, but it was really emotional for me last week um, doing this and just everything. Like it's still so fresh. You know what I mean. Um, but I, I did think about how Wes and I's relationship was so much about like arguing. It started that way, like on AOL Instant Messenger at, at Rota World about fantasy rankings, just like going back and forth. And, uh, and that continued here for the last seven years doing this. And I do think it mellowed out in the last few years. And I think that, I think. Wes's cancer battle was part of that and maybe just us getting older like we, it, it was like less it was almost like we didn't want to waste our time arguing about football rankings um, as much but um, but I still I, and I, I wrote about that I still thought about how you know this fall um, driving back from chemo you know football was certainly still a big part of the conversation and that's like you know that's a huge part of their friendship because that that's like um I don't know. It's just like a nice dose of normality in a uh, in what was such a brutal, which is such a bad year overall. Um, to just like talk football and go back and forth. I remember us like trying to rank where Justin Herbert fit um, <laughs> like among all time rookie quarterbacks because we both sort of loved him. And that's you know that's there is something uh, about that. Um, Seth Payne was on our show, not to keep going on, but uh, they, I remember he said he you know and this was. You know, before West passed, but he thought I. I thought it was interesting to hear from a listener that he thought the way that we interacted and and showed our love for West during the season he thought was you know really affected him. And because that's sort of like how guys love each other, and that's sort of what I think about when with with these rankings and stuff like that. That is part of how you show you love each other is because it it means it means everything and it means nothing. And we sort of like understood that that this stuff, it didn't really mean everything, but it was like also how we found joy and like friendship and and love. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I love the way you put that. And that
2: is, it is a very, a guy thing uh, because sometimes guys, you know, struggle to um, show how much, They mean to each other, and then it will come out in something as passionate as an argument about where Marcus Mariota belongs on a list, and you and Wes um, both respected each other so much as well in terms of your football knowledge, and that's why you were the scientist. So, it was always great theater on the show, and not to mention, I think it also made the best type of this exercise, which you see on every other website. Um, This one, I think, uh, you could stack up against any other. So, Greg, um, you know, this is a a different world for us now as a, a trio uh, without Wes, but uh, there are all, all these little micro things as well that I guess some of us go through individually. You doing this without him—that um, certainly qualifies. So,
4: yeah, it's tricky because it's like, like, and I know, you know Mark's I'm looking at Mark, and he, he making me emotional, and it thinks. I don't know oh, like aren't you guys struggling with this like the, it, the public part of it is like I don't know it, it's, it's tricky because like I everything we're doing is like we're celebrating I thought damn it like, so many people have spoken so well and we've done our best too and I love that too but um, it's like part of me is just like sad you know and pissed off too a little bit and like that doesn't necessarily make like good podcasting but podcasting is like you know, our job too. Like, so you know, it's just very it's very hard to navigate. I, I have been really struggling struggling with that part of it, like the podcast part of it. I, I, you don't need to comment on that. I don't know. I'm just getting it off my chest kinda because there's part of me that's just like pissed still too. Like pissed that he's yeah, doing it. I'm totally
2: with you, Greg.
4: That I mean, you know, is- like like he's he would like not to do the whole like what he would do, sorry to cut you off, know, but it's like a little bit of me is indignant. Like Wes would be indignant. You know what I mean? Right. Like he, we didn't see this coming. Not, not now. You know. We, so that's still. We have to let ourselves feel that too. We, we
2: do something as a group. It's just an organic thing. But like, I feel like every few days we'll be on a group text chat and we'll be sharing photos uh, of Wes and you go. Um the way things are now and everybody has them. Like you have a photo cloud that, and for all of us, we're lucky enough. We have families and we have all these like treasured memories of our kids and times with our wives and families and friends. And we're all kind of looking back and, and reminiscing about the past, um, which feels like a romantic now when you look back at the four of us together and some of the amazing things that we got to do together. And when Friday night, when I went, I was looking for, um, just going back in time at different combines, and to see last year we were in that luxury suite at—I um, almost called it the Hoosier Dome. I'm like a hundred years old uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium, and uh, it was Mark wearing a ridiculous terry cloth robe from the hotel, and it was uh, Daniel Jeremiah <laughs> sitting with us talking about you know Justin Herbert and the incoming QB prospects and Joe Burrow, and it was me, Greg, and Wes, and Wes could not look. Any healthier, he couldn't look any more alive or vibrant, and it just struck me. And I think that's part of the thing that's that sucks and makes me mad is like how quickly it all changed, and it went from Wes with us looking better, looking frankly better than all of us sitting in that suite to being gone one year later when the combine should have been happening. Um, That gets me mad, and I know um, we're all on the same page there. Just that he was taken from us, and in such a sudden way, not in the way like someone can lose a loved one in an accident or an act of violence or whatever, but the 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 ravage of the second cancer, I don't think any of us were ready for anything like this. So it's it is a process and I'm with you, Greg, that it's been strange doing this. It really is.
3: Yeah and don't take my silence for a lack of thoughts. I I just um you know we all were together this weekend too and <laughs> it's It's hard it's It's okay
4: like i i think that's it's all okay like i you know the the thing i just mentioned about anger like i tried to even you know it's like it i you gotta i i want to let myself feel that too like it's so it is so recent it's like on on some level our like the natural human instinct is like to start moving forward and it's, it feels like it's been a long, it hasn't been long. It's been like less than a a month, man. It's been less than a month. And, uh, and so we thank our listeners too. You know, obviously they're like part of this too, but they, I think, you know, they, they get, you guys get that we're, we're going along through it. And like, you know, sometimes it'll be like a, I, I can I can do like a normal show be, and and put my mind into that because we're professionals and like I enjoy doing a normal show that has nothing to do with you know that doesn't have to do with West necessarily because we we've been doing that and that's what we do and we love doing that. Um, but the the whole like thing where it's combined, I, there's no avoiding that. I guess mm. you know, like it's. He is our friend privately, but there's no avoiding like how it's all uh, mixed in together, so that's just something we're gonna have to figure out figure out as we go, yeah. I was just gonna say like what Mark was saying is like we were all together this weekend, and
3: it was so happy to to be with you guys and all all of us be together. But it was in sort of that moment that I was like, "Oh my God, like he is supposed to be here right mm-hmm. and that was like so hard.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it has been nice to have each other and we got everyone we got together at, at Connie and Gonzo's and yeah, you know, LaKeisha was there with Link and Rhoda, uh Lakeisha's mother and that that is all great. Uh but it does like like you guys are saying everything you're doing that and you're doing it you feel like it's the right thing to do to get together and 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 spend time with each other especially after realizing how things can be taken from you so quickly. But then at the same time there's just this like Yeah, but this is the exact type of setup that the one person above all of us would have enjoyed. And it's him. It's him. I'm throwing cornhole with Gonzo. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, Wes taught me about cornhole. This guy would have been playing, I would have been playing against him right now. So, man, it's tough. And we're, we're, we're doing our best. And again, we thank all the listeners, um, for, uh, being so supportive and being cool, uh, uh, during this time. And we know it was a loss to you guys too. So, um, just three and a half weeks out, and uh, we're figuring things out. So, today's show yes, the free agency one on one, we're going to hit that, but let's do some news first, uh, including, yes, big news involving um, an all time great. I've eaten burritos bigger than your ass. So, you would think that's an awkward transition, but no. Uh, Wes, I think, would have gotten a kick out of JJ Watt <laughs> saying, I've eaten burritos bigger than your ass. Um, All right. The Cardinals are the team that lands J.J. Watt. What's that all about? Arizona Cardinals signed the former Texan to a two-year, $31 million uh, contract. This comes after weeks of speculation that Watt would land elsewhere, the Packers, the Browns, the Bills, the Steelers, all teams that a lot of people thought. I mean, to that point, um, our TV Producer And he does a wonderful job for us. Jason Kleinman uh, had sent me a text um, just this morning before the news went down that J.J. Uh, Watt apparently is on Peloton. And he had listed under his bio SB56, Super Bowl 56, ellipses, GB, ellipses, CLE, ellipses, BUF. So, like a little Easter egg buried within his exercise bike apparatus. And then he goes and signs of the Cardinals. So, Mark, uh, I know you're probably, I would guess, A, without putting words in your mouth, you're disappointed because the Browns would have been a nice
3: fit. Uh, B, what do you think about where he ends up going? I kind of loved the landing spot for him. Um, that's assuming that you get, um, you know, Chandler Jones playing at Chandler Jones levels. But that defense, I thought made some strides and were interesting at times last year. And it was guys like, you know, Buddha Baker, um Hassan Reddick who, you know, blew up in the wake of Chandler Jones not being out there. And so I love the idea of of JJ Watt being added to that. You're, you have a ferocious uh pass rush and it and it complements, you know, what they're trying to do while growing on offense. Um to me it's a good landing spot. Am I disappointed from a Browns angle? No, but I never really bought the idea that he was going to take like because just no no humans seem to do this in free agency less money to play for <laughs> right. what he saw was a Super Bowl contender I think this is a, this is a contender I think that they were a bit of a disappointing um, uneven team a year ago but it brings um, a total new uh, intriguing angle to the defense and I, I I think that if you're Russell Wilson and people like that in that division you're thinking. Whoa, what happened here? This is an ugly development for the rest of that uh, division. Yeah, Greg, we don't know.
2: We, like Hassan Reddick, as an example, this guy had, what, seven sacks in a game last season. Uh, he's he's on your free agency 101 list. Chandler Jones, a year lost to injury. We don't know if all these guys end up with J.J. Watt, but if they do, that is an interesting wrinkle uh, to this team that maybe you have this, like, three-headed Ghidorah pass rush.
4: <laughs> uh, jo- Jones and Watt, you know, are two of the best – you know, pass rushers, defensive linemen in the last decade. So it's pretty interesting to have them playing together. They're both in their thirties now, but you put up the hour lads list of like their, you know, depth chart and it's all red and red means you're a free agent. So it's not just Reddick, but, um, you know, Corey Peters, who was, Started early and then got hurt for them. Devondre Campbell, Patrick Peterson, Drake or Patrick, they have a lot to do on defense in terms of free agency. But that's a fun, that's a fun combo, Jones and J.J. Uh, Watt, and I think it speaks to them feeling like now is a a time to push like that they could not afford a six and ten season necessarily in a very tough division or that maybe Keimbaum who's had a lot of chances there and kingsbury you know i think they're feeling pressure to, to keep the ball moving forward and mark you made the good point on you know taking less money i mean it just i it just goes to show i think these other teams that that we're more obvious Super Bowl contenders. We're just not going to offer that much money. So it it does come down to that. He got twenty three million guaranteed. He's going to get fifteen uh, per year. Uh, it's basically a two year thirty one million dollar deal that he'll probably see both years. And that's that's good money. That's that, like that's pretty good money.
2: I was going to say that's good money, but that's not break the bank money. Had you heard uh, Mark something about what the Browns offer or if they ever made an offer? Like, what were they prepared to pay?
3: I didn't, but their cap situation isn't terrible. I would imagine they would have been competitive and maybe, you know, maybe some of these teams did offer that and he chose Arizona for a specific I, reason. I like the idea of him having not being the only guy on that line because in Cleveland you would have had Miles Garrett and JJ Watt. I mean, you know, the metrics show how incredibly effective he was as an internal inside inside pass rusher too you know last year and he played a ton for them so i just think it's it's the versatility is there and i mean i guess you could have he
4: could have looked at other teams but i don't know what the what the browns offer i don't think I it guesses, was this much. they weren't hmm. close that's that's the thing is you know he is he is an older pass rusher you know those guys don't necessarily get break the bank Money. It's like Clowney last year probably reg- regrets not taking an early deal because he ended up accepting like one for nine. So sometimes things change fast, and my guess is the Cardinals were financially a lot more aggressive than some of the teams like the Bills and the Browns who who wanted them but wanted them at their price, maybe two for 20 and like 12 guaranteed or something like that if I had to guess. By the way, though, Dan, um, not to throw Kleinman under the bus here, uh, yeah. but that was a fake – JJ J. Watt Peloton Oh right and it's and it was it
3: was KJ Watt and you know I am a novice compared mm. to you at Peloton Dan, but I I found it suspicious um when mm. I took a look at the the overall presentation a little Peloton prankster was up to his tricks it
2: Oh no Field Yates was the one that tweeted it out
4: Yeah I, I mean in, in fairness Like a lot of NFL media What a who, snake you know, pit Who right? just uh, <laughs> you know should have their journal hats on And maybe not just accept every um,
2: Oh know, that's like, a bummer You know, you know silly silly I'm going to I'm going to put it on Yates Because I don't know him personally And I let Jason off the hook on that Okay
4: I I do know Field Interesting approach I do know Field But you uh, know him he's, but he's I don't He's a nice guy He listens to the show at least he said that. I believe him. I, I believe listen. Him. Field, I'm not
2: burying Field. I'm just saying I'm not going to take blame for it, even though I spoke the words into the microphone. So if then I have to assign blame to someone, am I going to do it with the guy Jason, who does great nah. work with our show, or Field? A perfectly um, a good man, I understand, and a great NFL reporter. I gotta, I gotta bury Field in the biggest of all spots.
3: It's a very interesting process that you're going through here during the show, Dan. He did, um
4: field did do the like Homer Simpson walking back into the bush thing afterwards. He didn't delete <laughs> it. It was too late. People people knew he had he had done it. Ouch. Um he, he had to. Well, just, JJ shot it down too. He said, "I don't even have a bike." No, tough. Switch. He would For look everyone funny but on a me. peloton bike. Would he? Would he would just look like he those would bikes kill are, it. Yeah, I don't know. He looks like too large of a man. <laughs>
2: and to the money thing, the fact that the Cardinals probably just you know offered far more compensation. It's not really a chase the ring destination. And you could, I guess, squint and say, oh, Kyler Murray, you're three. And, you know, you could look at things. Maybe the Cliff Kingsbury thing clicks and the defense uh, with this monster pass rush, uh, I guess. But to me, a team like Buffalo uh, or Pittsburgh, that would have been where I would have guessed. And then Cleveland, because Cleveland's buzzy now, so this is to me a big surprise that he went there. But good for him, get that money and playing in. A, it's a nice place to play and live. People love Arizona, uh, professional athletes especially. So all right, Ring, rings are you. great,
4: but your last you know monster payday of your lifetime, I usually ends up that can weighing, be great too. Yeah, way way in larger. Not ev- maybe not for everyone, but I guess that I think that normally weighs larger.
2: All right, let's say. Let me, just to have this right, I want to look it up. Spot rack. Is that how you say it? <laughs> Spo track. I never. In
4: there. <laughs> I like over the com, but they both work. They both. All work. right. I yeah. just want to know
2: how much he's made. Career earnings. <clears throat> so I prepare to bury JJ. Watt. Hang on a second. Career work. Okay. He's made oh. o- over a hundred million in total cash. Uh, wh- if you said to JJ, uh, how much is he getting guaranteed here? Greg? 23 okay, you get 23 million and you go to the Cardinals and you have a a 20% chance of winning the Super Bowl, or I can give you 12 million guaranteed and you have a 70% chance of getting to the Super Bowl. (laughs) What do you pick? You take the money, you take the guap, or you take a better chance at a ring because I I think think he's he's telling us what he picks, you know, he's he's
3: telling us, and like I. I am a little surprised by the landing spot, but I think you know you've got a quarterback on a rookie contract. So the Cardinals, two off seasons in a row, have taken the best player away, not named
4: Deshaun Watson from the Texans. So uh, you know, Ooh, I like that the the Hopkins mix. And it, to, to play Devil's argument, you know, if you're why and I I don't think he's thinking this way. Is I like, like...
2: Devil's argument better than Devil's advocate. Person. Oh, yeah.
4: <laughs> well, it would be like, it's impossible to know who's going to the Super Bowl anyways. No one, you know, none of these teams have more than right. like an 8% chance. And so is the difference between the Browns and the Cardinals worth like getting excited about or even, even Bill, like really almost okay. any team other than maybe like the Chiefs or something. Uh,
2: you know, it's like, who really knows? who's going Yeah, because I be wanted to have the same issue if he we went to the Browns. I would be like, oh, this is a smart move for a team on the rise. But like, what's the <laughs> difference ultimately between the Cardinals and the Browns right now in terms of Super Bowl hopes? Maybe not that different. Bills no, in Pittsburgh to much
4: can change. Sure. It's hard to get there. It's hard to All get right. There.
2: Uh, in other news, other quarterback news. This according to The Athletic, the 49ers have connected with the Panthers uh, checking in on Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, the latest sign, if this is indeed the case, uh, Greg, that San Francisco is looking to either Replace Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback, or bring in someone else as an option. Because even when Jimmy G's on the field, uh, I mean, even when Jimmy G's on the team, you can't guarantee he's on the field because he's injured all the time. So it makes sense to have somebody back there. But uh, yet another sign here, uh, Greg, that San Francisco is very curious about what else they could have behind center,
4: and that you know Carolina seems you know, dead set on moving on from Teddy Bridgewater. This was kind of buried in a Carolina article of what they might do. And it sounded like the 49ers checked in maybe early in the off season, especially when you're getting all these Panthers want to do this and that reports, um, you know, including this, you know, they went hard after Stafford. Um, and since nothing happened, and since then John Lynch and Shanahan have kind of come out pretty strong for Jimmy G. It makes me think, Maybe they were just checking in to see, hey, if you want to give Teddy away, like we'd take him. But, you know, they're just they're poking around. I'm with you, Dan. I think they're going to bring in I my guess is that they're bringing someone with Jimmy G. And maybe it'll be a Teddy type or maybe it'll be like a rookie. We'll, we'll see. I
3: mean, John Lynch has sort of been vocal about the fact that they needed to upgrade the backup quarterback position and if you're If you want to go back to the what ifs, had the the Patriots signed Jimmy G and um, you know a little bit earlier and and not allowed Tom Brady to stay there as long, I mean, which would have been a nonsensical move. I mean, Jimmy G is what Tom and Brady is not in the sense that he's not stayed healthy. And you you got these quarterbacks that you know maybe they are uh, not elite, but they are giving you availability week after week. And they we've seen two seasons under Kyle Shanahan, go totally haywire because Jimmy G got hurt. And he get he gets more out of backup quarterbacks than anyone in the league, I'd say. And so maybe if it's Teddy, not as a clear competitor, but someone that comes in and can prevent the Niners, who would have been a playoff team last year, minus the health issues, mm. um, more security at the most important position. Uh,
2: in other quarterback news, Rap Sheet reported That the Washington football team is um, ready to part ways with Alex Smith, the 36-year-old reigning comeback player of the year. We know his story. It's inspirational. Aspirational? Is it both inspirational and aspirational?
3: You could aspire to do the same thing. I I don't think many athletes would want to duplicate what happened to Alex Smith so far.
2: Tiger Woods would like to. He aspires to have a similar path. Anyway, uh, he's owed... Uh, 26 million this year and uh, Washington saves a substantial amount of money if they cut him before June 1st. Uh, So Mark, it looks like the end of the road uh, for Alex Smith in Washington Uh, feels like a guy if he still wants to play, that would be an excellent backup somewhere, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know at this point, we just don't have like eight or nine quarterback positions um, that are like dangerously vacant. So I don't know where that landing spot would be. People have mentioned the Jaguars because there's a relationship with Urban Meyer, um, and they'll have a Ooh. rookie, and it could be like a, you know, he could go play the, I think it does make sense. And, I mean, even Alex Smith, um, you know, because he's one of the better guys out there, too, said, look, I know that I what happened last year in Washington totally upended their process of looking for, like, a long-term quarterback. So I think if you're a Washington fan— um, this was the desired result. You don't go back into next season with that same situation. You've got Taylor Heineke, and you're gonna you draft someone if you're not going to make a trade for someone of name
4: of note. Smith Smith had a very like honest interview with Esquire. You know he said they kind of mess he messed up their plans. Right, and this it made me annoyed with the whole like sports blog of, blogosphere, and you know I we were part of it too. I worked at PFT and was part of, you know. And I, I see what you're doing with the headline, like Alex Smith: colon, like I messed up Washington's plans. But it, <laughs> it, it's like that's not he, like we we want our, on, our athletes to be honest in an interview. Like, and I you knew exactly what it was saying. It was interesting hearing it from him that they basically thought he wasn't ever going to make it back, and that they were going to get the some of the cap space for him last year and not have to pay him all this guaranteed money. And it's like, well, of course they thought that. Like, it was a crazy comeback and and the only reason he even ended up on the field is because Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins either stunk or got hurt you know that that was why he got on the field I was just I was actually impressed with how he played I thought he absolutely deserves uh, a job now I'm not saying he's like a top 40 quarterback but he's like a backup type and like those guys like him who are so good with young quarterbacks they last till they're like 38 or 39. Like so he, I think he does deserve a roster spot somewhere. If, if, if you're a coach,
3: if you're a coach, think how much it would mean to have Alex Smith on your team. If you're not leaning on him to be your starter, I mean, sometimes the quarterback rooms are decided by the veterans that are in there helping the younger starters to see things that they they never would otherwise.
4: It's like Alex Smith ripped Ron Rivera. No, I mean <laughs> it wasn't. <really> <laughs> and
2: while you could connect the dots and that's how this this stuff goes often in our league and you could say okay send him to Jacksonville as the backup I don't know about Alex Smith he's not playing if Trevor Lawrence is healthy he'll never get on the field unless uh something terrible happens well, I don't think he's gonna have rookie. a chance
4: to really compete for a starting if that's the well, only thing he well, wants but maybe he will retire it. yeah maybe he'll retire Then
2: here's the second part of this because I think he would have value um as a backup I wonder if he's looking at some of these jobs where if I have a path to get on the field, like Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami last year, Fitzpatrick's a free agent. Uh, Pittsburgh with Big Ben there now, like maybe go, go in there and you, you're the, <laughs> in case of emergency, a weird guy room. there. Uh, yeah, it is. And how about the Eagles? You know, you go in there behind Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts doesn't pro- progress, all of a sudden you're, you're on the field again as the starter. I would think that he's, Probably unless he wants to be a backup the rest of his career would would want to maybe got, go on a team where he had a chance to play.
4: He, here I, I'm with you. I, I just think it'll be a hard market for I. You know I I go on one hand to saying I was impressed how well he played. You know relatively and they won a lot of games with him, but when you look at the free agent market, I don't even think he's going to crack my top 101. There's some pretty good backups out there. You know Jameis if you consider him a backup, whatever Cam is, Fitzpatrick, Tyrod to me I would take over Alex Smith at this point, probably. What about you know? the quarterback that you have at 101? Oh, yeah. Let's wait,
2: but stick a pin in it. Stick a pin okay. in it. We're getting there. Big reveal. We're getting there. We're getting there. All right. In other news, uh, Peter King, read it during the offseason. I Read it during the season, too. But his Monday morning uh, quarterback column um, had a, a nugget in it that a 17-game NFL regular season is, quote, highly likely this year – uh, one bye week. So it's, wouldn't it wouldn't be two bye weeks. The playoffs, uh, everything gets bumped back a week. So the Super Bowl, hypothetically, which is played here in Los Angeles in 2022, will be February 13th to February 6th. You ask me, all this is inevitable and there's no sense fighting it. Although, Mark, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I would say if you're going to really start moving around the schedule and February is a dead sports month, you might as well just back it up and connect it with the weekend after, which is President's Day weekend, and then do what we should have had in this country for the last 40 years, uh, that the day after the Super Bowl is a holiday where you don't have school and work for many people, and all of a sudden Sunday becomes this big party where you don't have to get up in the morning for work and school. That would be my only tweak, but I also don't need, Mark, I tell you this, I don't need another extra week in the season and another extra bye week. It already is very long for folks like us.
3: Well, it's Think of us. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if like, for some of these teams, when you get into you know post November, where yes, these cer- certain champions are being forged, but other teams are like wandering in total darkness. There's just a I could think of a number of teams every year where it's like I don't. It's a it's a it's a, not a joy to watch them at this point, and I and, and their journey needs to end sooner, not not later. Um, but. Like, I will say this, that it was inevitable. It's not a surprise at all. And based on what King reported, looking at what that um, extra game would be, it's AFC versus NFC with a different division than you'd face that, that year. So next year they already have, like, the AFC North will be battling on that that 18th, 17th game against the NFC West, and it creates some really spicy um, extra matchups. So that's a positive. They talked who about Who the Browns got, you know? Cleveland, based on what I'm looking at here, would play Arizona. So, here comes JJ Watt into right. Cleveland to find out which one of those two teams were the real Super Bowl contender. But then they're talking about you know the the Wild Card Weekend, which was um, you know there was a lot going on a Wild Card Weekend with so many matchups. But one of them would be moved to Monday night potentially. So you know they are going to continue to put you put a, team, as much on a football team on a short week. They can
2: well, but you know winning playoff to on a short week
3: but the other here's the flip side to that the team that that plays that Monday night would have an extra day or two of rest um, coming out of a really long regular season so King was suggesting that a lot of coaches would like that but you're right that's it's it's new territory
2: so on the other end of it you're getting that extra day. De- okay
3: all right
4: I mean this is uh, or you're getting an entire off season depending on <laughs> who loses but, we've been doing this too long and this is very inside uh football or whatever but my first reaction is seeing this Story takeoff was like Ian being like, like we've known this for a long time. Why is he getting all the credit for breaking this? You know, like, <laughs> like because we, I guess we kind of had, but he was just like putting the box around it. It's something I feel like we've forgotten that this has been coming, and, and Goodell has uh, kind of mentioned it, um, but here it is. It does show the the power of the NFL that like all these TV deals are getting signed after the pandemic with no problem like doubling the money and rising the money in the 17th week. I like the president's day idea. Dan, that's a really good idea. Um, but I don't want, yeah, even one extra week seems like a lot right now. I mean, that it, it, it they're, they're playing with fire. I know it'll be fine. But I am one that believes 16 is a lot to ask. It's just different than other sports. You know, it's why the players have had issues. Uh, when you just think about the state that these teams are in, like Mark said, it's, it's just a lot to ask on the body to make these right. guys play anymore. I, it's just it's not like it's not like baseball or whatever where you can just throw extra games here or there. Right,
3: in the NBA it's like there's all these discussions and you know that I have my takes about uh, the length of regular seasons in other sports, but um, it's like, let's oh, let's we'll go through just, it again, though. Well, no, but let's rest LeBron for like 10 games in a row because we because guess <laughs> hey, what? He's the regular played season, every game
4: this year. Well, I know that. that's that just utterly
3: meaningless. But football isn't that way and you can't do that. But one little thing that I would that will um annoy me um, a lot visually and in terms of just the way I think about teams. I know we will going. never have an eight and eight team again. I think that eight and eight sometimes perfectly describes what a team is. And there are no 500 records. Um, and unless what they'll probably do is turn it into 18 games a few years from now. And we got nine and nine teams, which also uh, sits poorly with me. It would it change
4: Jason and, Garrett's whole legacy. Like eight and eight was yeah. a thing for <laughs> a long time. An odd number. An odd number is weird. But if you want to look at it half gla-
2: glass full, and coaches will love this. It's like, at the end of the season – You're either above 500 or you're below. Which side do you pick? I'm like, they're going to get a lot of mileage out of that.
3: Well, you're right about that.
2: Um, All right. Uh, And by the way, just looking at the, not the NFL calendar, the straight up earth calendar. uh, Be aware that Christmas this year falls on a Saturday.
3: I saw this too. There will
2: likely be two games on Saturday. So just keep that in mind because I know we have young children and families and lives. And then. And this speaks, Mark, you and I have been doing this a long time at NFL Media. Greg, I think you might have even been here the last time it happened. 2022, Sunday, falls on Christmas Day. So what are they going to do, just a full slate of Saturday games? I think that's what they do. That's that's what
4: they did last time. Yeah, no, I was there. I think that would have been 2015. Well, I think it happened two years in a row for us, didn't it? Okay, well, because we one Christmas they moved Eve. it to Saturday, and then one they have to move it back. You're right. We're in a bad little a little uh, couple of years here. We, we had know, a nice little
2: bad. run there where it was the holidays are falling in the beginning of the week. Now it's bang time, so just buckle up. Uh, one of,
3: last little thing. Yes. Or it, I hope all this, uh, you know, we're kicking everything into overdrive here with the schedule. Can, are we still going to make one team play five preseason games? I, can, can that part? If that isn't corrected
4: to some <laughs> well, they're, degree, they're moving it back at least one game. That right? They're they're chopping one game off. But I think I, that's can it. we come out having learned anything
3: from this past season, though? And I'm talking about OTAs, all this business. Can we be a little bit less frenetic? Okay. Preseason.
2: I mean, I think OTAs in the offseason program are important. Maybe we don't need to be. So, you know, like slaves to the coverage of it as much. But I think that especially for the, the younger players, the, uh, the preseason, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just, how about this two preseason games? Case yes. closed.
4: That's plenty. OK.
2: Uh, all right. Deshaun Watson. You know, w- we touched on it briefly on our last show that the Texans seem so behind the times right now and not understanding uh, really anything. Having any awareness of what's happening in their building, outside their building. Rap sheet reported um last week that no one believes Deshaun Watson will be traded and uh PFT wrote something this week that Watson would lose over 20 million if he sits out the season and this idea greg that the Texans yes all these teams are trying to figure out their 2020 plans and and or t- 2021 plans and ostensibly so to are the Texans. But at the same time, they're on their own timetable right now. And they're not even answering the phone uh, when Deshaun Watson calls come in. So the idea that this is going to maybe go past the draft, whether or not Watson comes or goes, and how does that impact landing spots and and interest in a trade? They're probably going to end up, Greg, just screwing themselves on this and they'll get value. Maybe that isn't at the same level. If they would have just accepted it now,
4: make the move ahead of this draft. Uh, This could end up backfiring on them. Well, I just think, like, what's the intent of putting this all out there? And so, and not answering the phone, which is, which to me is really interesting. The Panthers reporters said that, you know, like, they're just, that's how they're deciding to play it. I mean, they know what they're doing, they know there's a chance that he might not be there, but their strategy is we're not going to answer the phone. We're going to put out there that we got no timeline, we're digging in. So that I I take out of that, that a trade is, you know, less likely to happen before free agency. You know, when we hear this about the, the deadlines, I don't think it's impossible. I think if like the Panthers picked up the phone and like before Nick Casario could hang up, they were like, five first round picks or you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I think they would, they would listen, but they're trying to drive the price up and it feels like the draft is more the flashpoint, but I'm not ruling out that the draft could, could be in play. I think something that's like just, you know, poisonous and concerning
3: if you're David Culley the head coach who walked into this bee's nest and I understand wanting the opportunity and coaches have a mindset where you know we don't we don't um dwell on the negative we we're going to go in and succeed and come, go around obstacles but this is the biggest obstacle any team in the NFL has faced in a long time and Watson has basically said to Culley when they talked like My issues aren't with you, and they're not with Nick Casario. So those two making good with him has no impact on this decision. It's it's much deeper. It's with the owner. It's with the journey, the loss of trust. And I and in here's the problem. Like what other core? If let's say they move on from Watson, and this will be for another day. But whether it's you're drafting a rookie or bringing in another another young quarterback, like. These guys talk to each other. Um, They all see what Deshaun Watson's gone through, what he is um, intending to do with his career. They're not going to be happy to be there either. It's a mess. That's what's happening in the news.
2: All right, let's get to it. The top 101, Greg, where does this one stack up uh, in terms of uh, pure talent in the top 20, talent overall? Is this a good free agent class, a bad one, in the middle somewhere, where would you grade it?
4: I, I, My instinct was it wasn't as good as the last couple. But then I went and looked back at these lists, and, man, there were some dark years, like in 2013-15, where it's like Jairus Bird is number one, and it Gi- gets dark pretty quickly. Cool. So that's sort of what Gi- normally years. happens, because I'm anticipating Spires. so many of these top 20 players are going to get the franchise tag. So, you know, you know Dak, Allen Robinson, Leonard Williams possibly, Justin... Simmons, Chris Godwin, uh, so many Taylor Moten, maybe Brandon Scherf, like so many of these guys that Galladay that are in the top fifteen. That you're like, oh, those would be cool. Those will get tagged, and then it's not as spicy. But there's there's good depth. I think in the pass rush, I think there's good depth at safety. Uh, it's not as many good wide receivers. I don't think. I think there's more quarterbacks that are uh, available than usual. Even though no one seems too excited about them. I mean, it's better than normal. Like guys who could actually be competent. Who
2: was that again? You had the example.
4: Jairus Byard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, 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 of course Byard.
2: Our guy. Um, all right. So with that said, good little setup there, Greg. I'm going to read off uh, 1 through 10, just if you're curious, and check out the whole thing at NFL.com slash –
4: Top, top one. 101.
2: Top 101. That's easy. Uh You have Dak at one, Trent Williams at two, Alan Robinson three, Leonard Williams. Look at you, buddy, all the way up at number four. Justin Simmons, five, Chris Godwin, six, J.J. Watt, seven, already off the board. So we're down to a top 100. In a way, almost to the point where it happens so close to the publish, Greg, that maybe what comes out and then you give it a true 101 vibe again. But then again, you're taking out some ma- major name brand appeal there. I understand. It's, you
4: know, I that's not up to me. But yeah, once these guys get tagged, they're going to get taken out. So you have to write up some extra ones. There's going to be cut guys added in. This right. is a living, breathing document. Well, I, I would it. imagine that this the, the Watt news development
3: Maybe even shook up some, some art attached with it If they were to publish it certain ways That probably Absolutely. caused all sorts of chaos For the people behind the scenes
2: Shaq Barrett, much to Mark Chagrin Up at number 8 Aaron Jones, uh, the running back 9 And Taylor Moten, um, number 10 Okay, so let's have some fun with this First of all, let's get Ricky involved um, At some point, Ricky, I want you to jump in And we'll do... A, a random pick generator, and you just you're going to throw a number out there, and then we're going to talk about whoever that is. You want to do an as an example, do one right off the
3: bat? Sure. Okay.
0: Let's see. Hold on.
4: We gonna like I spit, gonna, spin a wheel or anything?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna pull up you got to Google. Uh oh. Let's see. Let's
3: check out our search history here.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh my okay. god, Ricky. You ready? You gotta, use you work, Ricky? Ricky. You gotta use incognito, Ricky. Gotta use incognito. All right, number 12. Okay, right off the top, uh Bud Dupree. That's a good one. All right, so you got Bud Dupree, the edge rusher, uh with the Steelers, age 28, blew out his ACL, which was a major bummer and setback for the Steelers. I like that one. I like the generator Greg right off the bat going with some intrigue. I like him as a uh, uh kind of a tough decision whether to go all in on a guy like him.
4: I I do too because I think it gets at what to me was the hardest part of uh ranking this class and the best part of this class which are the pass rushers. I and I kept resorting it how, you know, and Dupree was lower for a while, and then I thought, you know, ACLs aren't as big a deal as they used to be, and it's more of like a three year deal. And he's, you know, really um, diverse in terms of his skill set. And so there's a whole bunch of guys that I, I talked, you know, Shaq Barrett, Watts now off the board, but Shaq Barrett, Dupree, Carl Lawson, who I really like uh, from Cincinnati uh, Ngakwe is out there Matthew Judon is out there How how is the market going to value all these guys, they're all pretty good pass rushers, I ultimately put Dupree pretty high despite the torn ACL because Trey Hendrickson is another guy from New Orleans, Ooh, I like him Dupree ended up going up above all those guys because I just, I know I think I know what I'm getting with him even coming off an injury I, I think he's a little more complete than the rest of those guys
2: Um, I just want to Get this out of the way, because, uh, you know, if Wes was involved with the list this year, he'd definitely be lower by by virtue of the averaging of the numbers. I cannot believe you have Jameis Winston at 23 <laughs> on this list. I mean, that is – it's almost like you're punking uh, the audience here, uh, Greg. Your, your write-up reads, it will take the right coach, but Winston can improve a handful – of starting quarterback situations. Don't be surprised if that happens to New Orleans. First of all, I'd like to know uh, which which situations he's improving. And Mark mentioned earlier 101. 101 is, is Mitch Trubisky. Uh, and I am not a Mitch Trubisky fan, but can you honestly tell me that these men should be separated by 75-plus spots Or you've been drinking this Winston juice for so long, and now on top of you digging in your hills back with Wes during the times of Mariota Winston uh, back at draft time, now he's got that New Orleans Saints-like slickness on him, and you love that too. Like, why, how in the hell is Jameis Winston a top 25 free agent based on the tape he's put out there in his entire
4: NFL career? Come on now. I did put in the (laughs) intro how I heard Wes's voice often while doing these. And you know, one of it was like, you got to be kidding me with Jameis Woods. I mean, he would have put him at seventy five. Uh, and then I did bump up guys like Mike Hilton, who I know uh, West loves. You know, for but uh, I look at quarterback differently here. Where to me, if you have a chance to even be an average starting quarterback, you get a huge bump. I just think the position's worth so much that that's why Winston, Cam, Fitzpatrick's fairly high in the top forty. Uh, but Winston is the one out of all of those uh, that I would, I think has has a real chance to have a good second part of his career. I know you're burying him, but it's like, imagine if like Sam Darnold had a third of the stats that Jameis Winston did in his first three years. Like he is produced, and here are the teams he could upgrade as a starter: the Patriots, the Saints. Um, I'd have to keep going through to find some more. I mean there it, it's not a, but I think he could be a starter and he's my favorite of all the free agent quarterbacks. Him with Sean
3: Payton though, I would be intrigued. I would be intrigued to see what that what that could be and um he I'm with you that like for me if I were if if like you know 85 people quit nfl.com and they had me do this list Uh, I would probably also put quarterbacks just much higher than other positions, but that does beg the question, and I couldn't be more down on Mitch Trubisky, sitting him down at 101. um, I mean, it's also kind of an intriguing number just to put a quarterback at. We've done it in the past. I know you have with Geno Smith and others, but I mean, he's being a little devalued then at 101 because he could be a starter in certain situations depending on what happens.
4: Well, as I can't believe I'm defending Mitch Trubisky. You guys guys know this, but if there's any new listeners, 101 is a special honor that we we usually spent more time kind of debating who's going to be the 101 right. this year. It's got to have some pop. It has it, it actually it doesn't even make sense because as guys come on and off the list with franchise tags and cuts and whatever, we still leave the anchor at 101. <laughs> like Trubisky really would be moving up for a while. Um but he just felt he felt good. That's that's my evaluation that I don't think he And you project it's, it's I don't projection. think he's good. I I think he's just a an okay backup and a, with limited upside. I have them lower than Tyrod, for instance.
2: And I get it, Greg. I mean, it's part of this, is, and it's why you're being paid is to project, and you see Jameis Winston at some time and at some time becoming. Because yes, I'm sure he put up numbers that you could look back and say, "Oh, these are pretty good numbers." But he just never. There's a reason Tampa Bay got rid of him, um, and he barely saw the field last year, of course. And like for instance, you have Andy Dalton. He might be a down little at, high. He might be down little at 48. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm not saying Andy Dalton is anyone's, like, example of a uh, star quarterback at this stage. But, like, who would I rather have as a, my backup or a fringe starter? I would take Andy. Even Ryan Fitzpatrick, who you have, uh, which I was pleasantly surprised. You have him higher than I would have expected uh, at, at 30. 30. Um, it just, to me, again, points out, like, what has Jameis Winston done? Uh, in his career. I mean, at the same I mean, time, Ransom's Patrick's never been to the playoffs, but...
3: He's very clearly above your Dalton line then,
4: Greg. Jameis Winston. Ooh. Well, he's above <laughs> Dalton. It's a good question. Uh, like, these these are all these quarterbacks, and I'm throwing Cam in there, who I haven't totally given up on either, uh, that I would put below the Dalton scale, actually, you know, in terms of are they a franchise guy right now? Are they better than average? Uh, but I think you could like survive. Jameis is twenty seven. That's part of it. Is I do think there's a chance here he can have this uh, a pretty good second back half of his career. It's like think of Fitzpatrick at twenty seven. I I do think that that there's there's a route here where he is a a mid level starting quarterback. And I guess it depends on how much you value that. Like, is that is that more than Ro- do you want that more than Romeo Aquara on these rankings? Like, I don't know. There's no <laughs> right answer. I'm with
3: you on that. You have
2: Jake Brisket at uh, 63. I feel like in the 60s would have been my spot uh, for James Winston. But that that's it's over. Let's. I want to throw a couple out there. Why don't we do the generator again? Yeah, let's hit the generator again. See what's going on. That's why oh, okay.
4: Mark has to talk about him.
2: All right, 81, Mark. Uh, yeah, 81, I'm sure I'll have no, endless, on no end to the comments. Alden Smith, edge rusher, uh, most recently well, with the Cowboys. Nice um, he was a big comeback story. Uh, is that somebody you want on your team, Mark, if you're uh, uh, looking for some pass rush?
3: I know what the Cowboys were trying. Like They were trying to do what I think another team could do. is like you add them to what they thought would be a spicy defense. I think it's just hard to evaluate – Almost anyone from that Cowboys defense last year because they were so disorganized. I mean, there were complaints about the coordinator right away. Alden Smith, I thought, had moments where you saw it. And I mean, this is still one of the most mesmerizing, edge-rushing athletes and just physical presences that I can recall, like, covering in the NFL. He was so incredibly... um, Ferocious with the Niners and created such havoc for him to go away and go through all he did and come back and look at times really productive for the Cowboys. I would take a shot. I also think that like part of free agency this time around is going to be trying to get guys on lower money, um, shorter term deals that might have a little upside. And this someone you have to—it's going to it's gonna have to be the right environment, the right coach, the right situation. But why not? He could add a little pop to a team. I mean, I don't think it's—it's it's just a, you know the teams are going to be more cap strapped. I kind of like the idea of him going somewhere and contributing.
4: Um, Could have been a comeback player of the year in a normal year, potentially, but he faded hard down the stretch. That was why he got buried a little bit in these rankings.
2: I want to share some buyer bewares um, when I looked at your list. So maybe I disagree a little bit with the placement, but not even so much about where you have the place, but just thoughts about where these guys are going forward. You have Corey Davis. He's ranked number 32. Um, You know, once upon a time, a, first round bust um, and then he finally broke out this past season and had almost a thousand yards in 14 games I do have concerns Greg that a team looks looks at that fifth season and says okay that's the guy that the Titans thought they were getting and then you move him out of a situation where you have the 2,000 der- yard rusher and Derek Henry and A.J. Brown the monster wide receiver on the outside and you put him into a situation where it's not so and a really fine quarterback and Ryan Tannehill if you don't put him into a situation where he's just a piece of the puzzle I feel like that could go sideways.
4: Yeah, I'm with you. I thought that was having him fairly low like guys like Curtis Samuel and Juju and uh, are ahead of him. He uh he would have been a fifth year option type and they didn't they like declined it. To me that's that's a red flag like they I know he had a nice year, but they valued him so little a year ago that you didn't even give him that option, which is its own conversation. They've done done that back to back years with Conklin and Corey Davis, and I don't know if that's really paid off for them. But I, I'm with you. I I would be a little worried about him just because he's like young, coming off a good season, doesn't mean he's worth huge money. Their but, offense too seems like it clicks because all those parts fit together so well.
3: And like I'm with you that if he goes somewhere else and it's just an add on, like. I would much prefer, like, Curtis Samuel, for instance. I think he could kind of do it all for anyone. They got a lot out of him last year.
2: Like, you had, uh, I believe, at number 100, my boy, Brashad Perryman. Another example, like, if you're going to go get Perryman, don't do what the Jets did last year, which is hope he's going to be your big, deep threat on the outside and really need a big presence. You got to kind of slot him in the way he was in Tampa, his last season there, where he's just a piece of the puzzle and then he could give you things. It's about. Um, what you're asking for certain guys. Richard Sherman at 59, um, more like an age thing that you you could get sucked into the name brand side of things. And I don't know what you're gonna, how many 33 year old cornerbacks play the game at a high level? I know he's a legend or, or maybe not a legend, but a Hall of Famer most likely. Um, that one's on my radar. Antonio Brown at 64. I think you kind of wrote about it, Greg, but, I don't like him anywhere but under uh, you know Tom Brady's thumb and having that situation under control. Um, Hassan Reddick, he's interesting. We talked about him earlier with um, with the news of J.J. Watt. I, I would like and, Greg. Maybe I'd be interested in your insight on this one because he had that uh, historic level game. Uh, last November or December, whatever it was, that spiked his numbers. But is is he a guy that? Oh, I'm I'm a team desperate for a pass rush. Is Reddick going to be actually the guy you want, or was that a bit of a inflated situation? A guy that hadn't done a ton in his first few years.
4: Right, another guy that would could have been a fifth year option, and they didn't even put him. Like he was on my potential cuts list going into last season. Like that's. How much he transformed his career. I always am wary of those guys that just have. You got to look at the last four years, not just like the one year, like where they suddenly pop. Sometimes it sticks, though. You know, sometimes it sticks and they change their career. But I, I would be wary. He reminds me a little bit of. He's not, you know, nearly the player, but D Ford. A few years ago where it kind of popped up and had one good year after having a lot of hype and that has not worked out for the four. Well,
3: our years. friend of the show, Jason Zumwalt, who is a Cardinals super fan, also felt like Reddick last year was used correctly for the first yeah. time. And with with Jones out of the lineup, we kind of saw what he could do, but you're right. And it kind of, if, if I could throw one buyer beware in there too, someone like uh, Matt Judon, for instance, I just am weary of Ravens guys, and it, it sort of is the Paul Kruger type thing that happened where he was massively overpaid, went to Cleveland, and never really was the same guy. That like, Is this because of the Ravens with some of these players, or is it because they could go do that anywhere? And I, they're a defense that they're big free agents that come out of there. Um,
4: I'm always a little bit suspect of. McPhee was another one. Uh, Zedaria Smith is kind of the one exception, but I'm totally with you. Sure. Like, he, he is a guy Judon, I think, has a lot of respect as like, try-hard guy lunch pail guy he's gonna do all the. Hey. You, know, you, you want him on your team but is he like <laughs> some like awesome head rusher outside of Baltimore I don't know nobody's even using like children don't even know what lunch pails are
3: at this point my so. my,
4: my kids uh they bring in they bring in school lunch you're right it's not I think my well, son had I, a pail he had a pail I should he introduce
3: my children to lunch boxes it's not a thing in our house I sh- I'll speak only for my children then Ricky hit
2: the generator Ninety-six. Ooh. Okay, we're in the deep reaches of the top one hundred and one, and that will be Dan Arnold, the tight end out of Arizona.
4: Five I, minutes on Dan Arnold. Dan, go. Yeah,
2: I, I really don't have much to, to say at all on uh, Dan Arnold, and it looks like neither did you because you just have basically his weight
3: and
1: <laughs> Wait, what He's, he's a, good, a good player. I thought he's he made catching.
3: some. Yeah, he made some big plays for them. I, I think you could get him at a good value, and he'd over, he'd exceed
4: what you what you might be guessing. I mean I right, it was hit the like generator that, again. Th- that deadline. No, I liked it first of all, Dan Arnold is Kevin Arnold's dad on the Wonder Year, so that's something. Well, um, that's that is, worth extra money right there. Uh, but here he's he's the one Dan point Florida. I want to make on Dan Arnold would be is you know he's only two hundred and twenty pounds. If you're two hundred and twenty pounds, just like be be a tight end, call yourself a tight end and suddenly you're like one of the most athletic pass catching tight ends in the league. Uh, I don't know why he's a tight end and not a wide receiver. Or what it is exactly? Because he is like unbelievably athletic. But it's like if then if he's a receiver, you wouldn't be that impressed.
2: By the yeah. way, the actor that portrayed Kevin Arnold's father was Dan Lauria, uh, um, and his name on the show was John or Jack Arnold.
4: Well, it's you can it's see where correct. I it. Yeah, absolutely, it. absolutely. All
2: right, generate me. Twenty-eight. Okay, let's. This is better. Let's get into the top thirty again. Number 28, it falls on uh, Hunter Henry, another tight end. Okay. Mm. You know, I I think uh, you you had this one uh, hit well, Greg, that he's a guy that's battled a lot of injuries, obviously, and that's something to keep in mind, but he's still just 26. And... Who knows? Maybe his best football is ahead and he becomes the guy that the Chargers thought he was out of college, which is like a true star um, guy that would take the crown from Antonio Gates and just pile up 1,000-yard seasons. Maybe he's not that guy, but if he stays healthy, he's a perfectly uh, serviceable 600 to 750-yard guy with a handful of touchdowns, and teams will take that.
4: Yeah, I think of those games where – he helped win them at the end with Herbert and rivers over the last few years. How many of those like game winning drives they had where it included a 20 yard shot up the seam to Henry they might tag him the second straight year. He would be, like, the second highest paid tight end in the league. It, it gets into a weird situation, but it's possible. I like him and Johnny Smith. I put Johnny Smith one spot ahead of Henry, but both those guys are are pretty good tight ends to be available. Now I have to also say,
3: like, because of the injuries and, and some, you know, changes on a team, too, it's, like, tight ends, it's not unusual that they really start to find their way in year three or four, and he hasn't really had, like, these consistent starts, so... I think he'd be a good signing yeah. but I'd like to see him
4: stay with the Chargers and, and not pull weapons away from Justin Herbert. I you know, I'm it. worried about Herbert. The whole like you just hired Joe Lombardi to be their offensive coordinator. I feel like has been under the radar and is concerning. Uh,
2: Austin Hooper who was a big tight end signing last year in free agency with the Browns got 4 for 42. So I wonder if that's kind of And
3: the, I I don't think he I don't think that he did market. what they thought he would. So you've got to you got to be careful what you're paying some of these guys. Uh, hit the generator again, Ricky. Make a play, Hooper.
4: We finally made a play right at the end of the season.
2: All right, so let's move down to spot 24. Curtis Samuel, a wide receiver. I-, I like this one, Greg. You you summed it up well in your blurb. Uh, well, speaking of things we miss with Wes, we used to play the game where we would guess Mark and I who oh, yeah. wrote which blurb? And They're it was so always obvious. Very <laughs> obvious. Uh, but the best were when Wes would uh, kind of drift off and get a little more philosophical about something, and the blurb would just be like, Whoa, where did this come from? <laughs> um, none of those. But if you want to read some of the uh, older 101s, uh, the blurbs were uh, a thing, a, a, a piece of art itself. Uh, not to take anything away from your blurbs, Greg, which are very good as well.
4: No, they were, you know, those like one-liners on Dan Arnold at like eight p.m. on a Friday. I'm thinking, what the f*** am I doing here? Uh, You're a master
3: of brevity, though. I will say that's a, that's a very <laughs> tough skill in writing, and you and you find a
4: way to say something in one or two sentences that um, throws a punch. Maybe at that's you. the old editor. I do try to go back and and and, and take out a lot on this on the edit. Always, See how we that, built him back up there, Mark? Yeah, like he thank was on you. the edge Thanks. there. I you mean, it's that. not great. I'm not. I'm not taking any big. <laughs> but I do try to knock out a lot of words on the edit. Uh, the, the my favorite thing on the 101 write ups though were when Wes complete, especially in the early years, completely disagreed with my ranking, and then even then when it averaged out, and then Hugh got assigned that guy, Ooh. and it'd be like. Yeah, let's say it was Jameis Wit Let's say he got assigned Jameis year. It was score settling time. He would just bury it. And it would make no <laughs> sense. it be like, number one player, Genevieve and <laughs> Connie. This guy is a atrocity. He, he did a little with Brady last year. Um, you know, Brady and Breeze, he thought were way too high, and he just kind of like buried them anyways. Uh, oh, like these old guys can barely get out of bed. It's like, come
2: on. Curtis Samuel at 25, though. Uh, what I was getting at was that your blurb, uh, points out that he's a perfect type of receiver for a lot of the way football is played on offense right now.
4: He's awesome. And um, it just goes to show how much a coach can change your value. Cause now you see all the different things that he could do under Matt rule. And I was just so excited when they would give him carries. He was such a good running back. He was a good inside running back. It really showed a skill set that was unique. A hundred—you don't want to do it too much. He's one hundred ninety-five, two hundred pounds, but he had this weird mix, kind of like Antonio Gibson with Washington. Although you know he's obviously not as much of a running back, where he's like your speed guy on end arounds, but also can be like a power runner who breaks tackles. I don't know. They just didn't used to have players like that. It's pretty cool.
3: They—I mean—I think it helped to have Christian McCaffrey out of the. Mix and you saw more of what he could do, and I think he gets paid well because you could see him fitting with so many different teams. To your point, Dan, that he just fits what offense is today. And I think if anything, you'd have to thank Matt Rule and friends for really um showcasing
4: him last He'll season. He'll get huge money. I'm I'm totally yep. with you.
3: All right, um I had some value
2: buys here, so I'm going to throw a few out there. You have Ty Hilton at 47. We saw what he did at the end of the season. Has to go to the right location, uh, right team if he doesn't stay in Indy. But I I like the idea of him having another year in the tank. I had mentioned Dalton at 48. I think he's a great backup, uh, fringe starter guy. Chris Carson, the running back, at 53. Nelson Aguilar you have at 56. And Marvin Jones at 57, two veteran receivers. Aguilar finally broke out. I think both those guys are far better options than Sammy Watkins, who you have at 60. And then uh, two guys coming off Achilles' Uh, with Indy, that I would think would be well worth a flyer. Marlon Mack at 84 and Malik Hooker at 92. I think any of those guys, if things fall the right way, you might get um, nice production at a deflated cost.
4: Yeah, I always think injured guys are an undervalued uh part of the market like so so many of the best value deals over the years like Jason Verrett last year granted the 49ers had to do it a couple times to get it to pop but are just guys coming off injuries that end up being like great players but their their value I like I like Marlon Mack I'm with you there isn't that short-sighted I mean shouldn't front offices
3: have that same view it's like we only forget we only really remember what people have done so recently
4: that the injury kind of takes so much money away from these guys yeah, like the one year deal like Sammy Watkins is a guy that at this point it's been so often that it makes sense you're gonna he's gonna get discounted. But even he right. like Sammy Watkins is the ultimate like he's how old? How is he only twenty seven or eight still? It's like it's it doesn't make any sense. Well it's finally
2: yeah. <laughs> I don't know, he still is twenty seven. He's been twenty seven for seven years. Um but he is finally now that he's twenty eight and he's back in free agency, I think he needs to now hand the crown over to Juju Smith Schuster. For wait, this guy's still only twenty-seven. Like Juju, in three years will only be twenty-seven. It feels like he's been in the league for fifteen years. So maybe he gets the he's crown.
4: Twenty-four. Wow, that's true. Yeah, the I'll be interested how he gets paid because he's like maybe not what people are looking for, like a Curtis Samuel type. But he is. I think you shouldn't just sleep on like a good physical number two receiver. He should still do fine. Especially if
2: you're the Steelers and you just you're bringing back Big Ben. He's perfect for. Ben, if you're serious about, you know, having some... I'm talk about offense. a lunch
4: pail guy. Ever, people get on... This is why it annoys me people get on Juju for the social media stuff. It's like if there's someone in the NFL that has the spirit of like... Heinz Ward or these like these rugged like blocking gonna like take the hardest hit possible over right. the middle guy that you would think would you know people would like that toughness. That's Juju. He sort of is a weirdly cast as this like you know flaky guy, but that's how he plays football.
2: Mm, he's a study in contrast, is what he is. One more time with the generator, and then we'll say goodbye.
3: generators. We're getting our money's worth from this thing.
2: Generating. We paid like seven thousand dollars for it. Sixty-seven. Right. Uh, March go, sixty-seven. Mark Sessler, Kwan Williams, Williams, the cornerback.
3: I, I you know Let what? It rip, thinking, baby. I think Kwan Williams. Um, you know another guy that's gone through so much with injuries, but was such um, a signature type Robert Sala guy last year. Who just they got the most out Ooh. of. Them. When you look at the Niners, Jet, it's Chwisky, Tart, yeah. it's Richard Could Sherman. It. Sala's gone. Quan Williams has gone a lot of Zana, issues Zana. with. Like they're not to do. They're gonna their defense Zana, is going to look and feel so much different. But Quan Williams was an old Mike Pettin dude in Cleveland too. I think he's um he's a good player. It's just been durability. I think you know when he's when he's not been available, but um. He played well for the Niners when he was on there. But deal why do you year. disagree
2: with sixty-seven? Because I know you do.
3: No, because I think first of all, and this, this is why I think that there's a real skill to the way that Greg and, and West did this list. Is that to me, when you get past like sixty, I kind of just see them all the same for the most part. It's like they're to me like there's no difference between sixty-seven and seventy-seven. So you're not, I you know, I can manufacture a hot take. How about put him at sixty-one on our list, Dan? I think we had him up at. Maybe 65, which is, you know, that shows that we think a little bit more about him. But we're keeping our list under wraps this time around. Um, you know, no reason for for controversy.
2: I think that's a smart thing right now where we are as a podcast. But, Mark, um, off the top of your head, where should Jameis Winston be on a top
4: 101 free agent list? Maybe it's too high. No. You guys making me.
3: I'd put him, at, I'd put him um, in the... Low 40s. It, I, but here's the thing. I'm completely with Greg. That if you're going to sign up for a quarterback that's going to start 14 games, he, and he and he's serviceable. He's good. He's much more valuable than okay. than almost anyone else on this list.
2: Maybe I'm the only one that remembers the game in London that we attended. Uh, Jameis <laughs> Winston when he had 17 turnovers.
3: I think it's, if you put him with Sean Payton, I, that's the thing. If you put him, if you put him with, you know, Pat Shermer, no thank you. So it's like, I, to me, it's about where he lands.
4: (laughs) It's one of those things. He started out probably around 40, and then it's like, you do it again, you move. Oh, I like Jameis. We need to move him up a little more. Oh, you move him up a little more. But now, if like the file was due after this podcast, I would move him just back to 40. (laughs) Just from your, just from your influence.
2: Ricky, we need like a bell now. Whenever, um, Mark gets in one of his Pat Shermer digs. We got to have just like a little bell that rings.
3: It's like a ding. Does anyone else not see a difference between Sean Payton and Pat Shermer? I think that...
2: No, I think you nailed it. I'm just saying that you do find a way to bring that man up in a negative context very often on this program. That's all.
4: Is he still the Broncos' offensive coordinator, by the way? I think he is, right? They never fire
2: him. Because he ultimately... Listen... The thing about him is like, I get it, Mark, like he was a bust in Cleveland, but you could have put, you know, a peak Lombardi in there at that time and no head coach was going to come out of that alive.
3: Well, it was more that um, there was I believe it was Mike <laughs> Lombardi who um wrote that he had was getting phone calls sort of, un, you know, unasked for from people saying that whenever we watch Pat Shermer's offense, we know what the play is before the snap. Ding! Consider the source there. But yeah well i am but i i i just that stuck out to me and then when i'd watch them play it was like hmm they do seem kind of milk toast and predictable and i don't think that he's disproven that with the giants or the broncos
4: one of those guys though that when i saw him in person i remember after the vikings lost in the nfc championship um more swole than you would expect like very mm. in, in shape in good, shape. And, and good yeah. in a and a Good-looking guy in his forties, more than I really would have thought. You know, he kind of seemed like a forgettable guy, but he was like, mm-hmm. he he was he was pretty jacked. And I conveniently forgot the Vikings
3: um, part of his career, which was spectacular. So consider the source on that front. Ding!
4: Yeah. Right. It was like Case him running around and like throwing like up in the air, and seemed a little wild. Seemed a little wild. <laughs> yeah, he got. I mean, what did he <laughs> he got a lot. Of, he got a head <laughs> coaching job out of it, so I don't feel too. Good Doesn't matter.
2: It. He went to the Giants and he got old man Eli and. The first year of Daniel Jones and the 2011 and 12 Browns. Like what is going on there? I think that's Manziel and maybe Josh McCoy. Well, no, no. It
3: was, it was Colt McCoy into Brandon Whedon where my Brandon own. Whedon's getting lost save it, under a save, That's all the I'm the saying. Pat Shermer right? podcast. That's we all I'm
4: saying. Cut to uh, my text before the show. I'm like, hey, it wouldn't. Yeah, if we if we have a forty minute show, there's no there's no crime in that. Cut to you know minute seventy two where we've talked Pat Shermer for five. That's
2: why it's gotten to the point where I don't usually reply to to those. Not out of any like
3: animosity or anything. I'm just like okay. Yeah, it's if that ever happens, I I will be happily stunned.
2: Hey, hit us up on Twitter if you think the show is too long. We'll reconvene and re strategize. Um, Greg, good work, buddy. That is it all seriousness. That's a tough one um, as we go through this. And you guys are so linked on that top 101. So you did it alone as you had to. And uh, it's good stuff. So check it out. NFL.com slash top 101. Next time you hear from us will be Thursday. And we will have a a special guest lined up. Uh, So make sure you a former general manager in the NFL. I'm he like actually God. was,
3: he's been on he our did. show one other time if you, if people really wanted to try to. Friend of the show.
2: Yeah. He was actually on our show when they were like redoing the podcast studio at our old office, which we haven't seen in a year now. So this particular person um, was, we were like almost in like a closet, a utility closet. And he couldn't have been more of a professional at that time.
3: And it was also – it was um, it was a part of the studio, the television studio where we were doing it, and I think it was about 25 degrees in there. We're, we're, I remember us complaining heavily because there were two or three shows in that room that it was untenable, the conditions.
4: This is oh. where I really wonder like what, what, what has happened to me because I really don't remember this. I mean, I remember that studio setup, but I don't remember this guest being us with us there. But I'm gonna just trust you. I way. do.
2: Yeah, I have some theories why the short term memory is not there, but um, <laughs> we'll we'll uh, we'll get to that in another show. All right. Uh, yes. So we'll be back Thursday. Uh, this is Dan Hansa signing off for the old boss, the Quiet Storm, Ricky Hollywood behind the virtual glass. Uh, Till then, heed the call. How about that?